Good morning and welcome to Arts About. Show about Art Swan, it's a work of art in itself. I nearly forgot our little uh, thing, our little routine. Good on you, John. You're like a well-trained spaniel. I am. Sit. (laughs) Sitting. (laughs) Now, we have to tell our listeners... That uh, a few things have happened this morning. We've had a few bad starts, haven't we? Uh, One of the major bad starts is that uh, Mark's not here. And apparently he's en route to Melbourne and we may be able to get him on his car phone. Yeah. Sally. Give it a go. Yeah. It's difficult. Sally, on the other hand. Well, Sally, uh, she actually put in for rec leave and it was approved by the station manager, Brendan Telfer. And Mm. she's currently on an art junket in somewhere in northern italy yeah do you say lombardy or lombardy or, uh, or neither i would say lombardy but yeah. uh, that doesn't mean that that's the way you say it yeah i think she's lounging around in the back seat of a reva speedboat isn't she or something well actually there is something about that oh. i suppose we they'll know about it now but w- there was a little uh, will did book a reva speedboat on uh, lake como um, yeah yeah mm. oh you know about that do you I did hear about it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, our hearts go out to you. <laughs> well, I have a I have a client on Lake Como, which, and I've alerted him to the fact that uh, Will and Sally are about, and he has a Reva parked outside his apartment on Lake Como, so he may go over and pick them up in that one. You have someone that buys your paintings that lives on Lake Como. Yeah, he also lives in Dalesford, Dalesford and Lake Como, and I believe Glinda's. Wow, that's extraordinary. Mm. So, do you up the up the little red dot price when he's around? Or? They're pink dollars. Oh. Now, I was alluding to uh, a bad starts. We've lost Mark. Sally's a wall. Mm. And John, can you explain to the listeners why you were n- nearly not here this morning? Oh, well, I had a problem with. Uh, I did have a problem with the car. <clears throat> Yes. My, my car has a habit of locking the key inside itself, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have a spare. So uh, you can't thunk it open if it... You have to break into the car in order right. to uh, get back in, yeah. and it did that this morning while with the engine running while the car was parked in the middle of the road outside my house. Just waiting for it to slip into drive so I could kill the kid well, over the road. More di- with more difficulty, it was parked next to the neighbour's car which is parked on the other side of the road, and there wasn't enough space for any other cars to get down the road while my car was sitting there with the engine running. Uh, being a school morning, there was a little queue developing while I kind of tried to break into... A the, school morning? There yeah. must be some strange religious sect if they go to school. Oh, you mean Sunday school? Sunday school. And right. um, I managed to eventually get in yeah. and... Uh, get the car out of the way but there was another morning swan with i had a bad start in my car where um our driveway is very steep good i was back always good in the rain and i got the car got the ute jammed against the neighbor's fence on the side of the driveway on mm-hmm. the hill and it wouldn't go upwards in order to unjam yep and i couldn't go any further back without taking the neighbor's fence out so i had to figure out how I was going to get out of there. But I couldn't get out the driver's door because it wouldn't open far enough uh, because the fence was there. So I had to climb across the two seats in the front of the ute. Yeah. 
and opened a passenger door in a prone position. And Lucky while, it opened. Yeah. And while I was doing that, uh, my leg got stuck under the handbrake and kind of behind the gear shift sort of in that area. And I, my head was hanging out of the passenger door with my legs stuck in the car and it started to rain. You didn't release the handbrake and it rolled back? No, no. I, I had a little cry. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was raining. Yeah. And disguised your tears. It was all too tears. terrible. Well, it doesn't bode well, John. What about you? You have car issues as well? Well, yes, I'm minding someone's car that's disabled at the moment. I managed right. to start it with a screwdriver. Well, how do you do that? Oh, it's a little trade secret. Well, how do you break into a car? So it's definitely, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was going to say you've had plenty of practice. I have had plenty of practice, yeah. Well, we're in gonna fact, do... I keep the equipment to break into the car in the back of the car. Very handy. Well, we're going to do a deuce on the car you know you follow me to the place of repair sometime this afternoon so i I thought i'd juice it up right but i just imagined i'd get halfway to the service station and the thing would break down and we wouldn't have a show oh we've already lost one of our interviewees yes but now that we've launched the show yep we may as well keep going and uh, let's hope we don't have a hard landings one yeah absolutely can i tell you a little bit about hard landings later perhaps yeah I should mention, because it's right in front of me, that Arts About is brought to you by the generosity of the McClelland Sculpture Park and Gallery. Mm-hmm. And you're here with John Baird. Uh, you're the resident... What, what are you? The artist, artist in, in residence, residence. And cultural sounding And board. cultural sounding bag. And Not me. cultural sounding bag. <laughs> <laughs> Bored. <clears throat> well, I'm a little tired because I woke up at four and couldn't get back to yeah. sleep. I'm going to talk about that a little later. Four o'clock, Swan? Yes. It reminds me of a... Oh, well, I will... We'll talk a little bit about that later. See, with, with John and me, Swanee, as I say, Mark's on the trot. So it's the John and Pete story kind of uh, anecdote show today. We might have to play a few songs. I think we might. We might play one right now. Are you, are you aware of the playing for change movement, John? No, I'm not. <clears throat> I don't pay attention. Well, I don't really know whether they're going to change the world. And Mark, of course, would scoff yes. if he were here. Right. Yeah. He'd probably do, scoff even though he's not here. They do something very interesting. They have all these musicians all around the world with a camera on them. And they all record one particular song. Mm. And then they edit the bits together. So, so some girl from Israel might sing one part. For example, in this song coming up, <clears throat> Pardon me. There are some First Nations American uh, natives oh, yes. who play one part. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting the way they they patch it all together. So this is the great uh, Ben E King classic, "Stand by Me," done by the Playing for Change movement. You're very welcome. How was that? Proves the rule, doesn't it? Which is that a well-written song can be a vehicle for all sorts of performance. Absolutely. It provides the perfect platform. <clears throat> I just love those great big Native American thunder drums when mm. they come in. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. Love a sound effect too. Now, John, in the opening, we were talking, you, you mentioned uh, the term soft Landing, Hard landings, soft landings. Now, yeah. I'm not sure whether this is a particular long-standing term at NASA, but it certainly is a very current term at the moment because the Israeli moonshot, 
They were going to do a moon landing. It was all part of that challenge put up by Google et al. Remember that about yeah. 10 years ago? Yeah. They were going to give them, I don't know, a couple of mil. The Chinese from... have landed on the moon. Yeah, they? I don't think they were part of the competition. Yeah, they're hiding over on the dark side. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, tuning their lasers as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't have let them not... What is it with the, uh, I don't know, the operating system? We told them when they couldn't have it in Australia, so now right. they put a, wow death, a death ray on the moon. <laughs> but anyway, the Israelis took up the challenge uh, along with others and they got there. They got to the moon, but now they're not using the term smash to smithereens. No. They're saying not a soft landing. Yeah. Yeah. A hard landing, in other words. A hard landing. A hard landing's not something you'd want to do in a 707, for instance. No. And they do talk about, the Americans talk about soft landings on Mars. Oh, do they? Which are presumably successful. Yeah. Uh, and some of those things, they land them with, in order to achieve the soft landing, they kind of puff balloons out all around them and roll along and they bounce yeah bounce, i've seen that landing yeah. yeah or they just have a nice parachute yeah. yeah there's a lot of that stuff out there i saw an ad uh, can, can i just add yeah i don't think you can use a parachute on the moon this is the problem ah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no atmosphere no that would just is that complicate no, the hard landing i would have thought yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just get in the way as it flapped. They call yeah. that a Roman candle when a parachute doesn't open. Do they? Yeah, because it looks like a flame. Didn't you have a parachute for sale at one stage? I did. I, John, you are remarkable. <laughs> First off, this man's got a, a memory like an elephant, a mind like a steel trap, and I myself was only thinking about that parachute <laughs> the other day, thinking what the ever happened to that thing. I couldn't yeah. sell it. No. No. Because who'd buy a second-hand parachute? Well, I remember the offer, you know, parachute for sale, used once, never opened. <laughs> Still in box. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's sad. Yeah, I don't know what, I just probably dumped it when I sold house. I saw, I saw an ad yeah. for a, uh, a moon buggy, a bit of space equipment, and uh, it suggested that this was a genuine NASA moon buggy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was on offer for around $20,000. I thought that was pretty cheap. And then it said, location, the moon. Ah, uh, some, some clever bastard. Mm. There ain't been half, what is it? There ain't half been some clever bastards. <laughs> so I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the Israelis were actually planning on grabbing it. But, um, right. yeah, that's unfortunate. How many moon buggies are there up there? Oh, just the number one. of them. Just the it? one, isn't it? Yeah. If you went up a third time, you think you'd just take the keys with you. You wouldn't take a whole new oh, buggy. Right. Yeah, but I'm, I was surprised when they took a buggy in the first place. Yeah, where do you... But then on the other hand, they're Americans, you know, so if they get to them, they're going to want to drive around. A absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and hang a tray on the outside of the window and <laughs> rock up to the hop. Now, yeah. we were talking about bad starts as well. Hmm. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, actually 3.39. Right. Could not get back to sleep for various so reasons. did you have an alarm set? No, I never set an alarm. So you're just, your inner human clock. I always... For some reason woke you at 3.40, yeah. 3.59? Yeah, my circadian rhythms. I mustn't be as cool as I think did I am. Did you eat pizza last night? 
No, I don't know why. It happens every now and again as you get a bit older. It actually happens more frequently. I'm reminded of the great uh, Larkin. Po- I was reminded of the great, great Larkin poem, Obard. Do you know what Obard means? No, I don't. Well, you know, as you know, I'm good friends with Professor Holbrook yes. of the University the Shakespearean. of Queensland. Yeah, he's yeah. a leading expert on Shakespeare worldwide. He's actually president of the World Shakespeare Society. Right. So he's no slouch, mm. Dr. Holbrook. He's actually a professor now, full professor. Um, and Obard, he explained to me when he gave me the collected works of Philip Larkin, is uh, an Elizabethan ode to the morning. Mm. It's a poem about right. the morning. Right. I guess when you live in Elizabethan times, every time you open up your eyes, it's a miracle and, and cause for poetry. <laughs> anyway... Mm. <clears throat> So I'm lying there and I I was reminded of Obard and it starts like this. I work all day and get half drunk at night, waking at four to soundless dark I stare. In time the curtain edges will grow light till then I see what's really always there, unresting death a whole day nearer now, making all thought impossible but how and where and when I myself shall die. Arid interrogation. I don't know the other little bit, <clears throat> but that's enough for me. Yeah, just lying a there. Cheery way to wake up. Well, I was just lying, lying there waiting for the curtain edges to grow light. <laughs> yeah. And wondering how you might die. And what, what's your trick when you wake at four? Do you just snap on a podcast like I do? I try and sort of uh, start thinking about <clears throat> what the hell I'm going to talk about on the radio. This yeah, that's week. a good idea. Get your story straight. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I listen to various podcasts. One of them is about the Hayabusa, whatever it was. <clears throat> it wasn't Hayabusa. It was the Israeli one that oh, crashed. Bullshit. Yeah, it's, the pronunciation sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Hard Buyer, landing. Booyah shit. Hard landing bullshit. Yeah. 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 So I listen to a bit about that, and then I listen to a, a little... You do bit. a lot of podcasting, Swan? <clears throat> I do a stack of podcasting. Yeah. I, I stack them up. Right. And they're my – perhaps the one reason I wake at four is because I fall asleep in about eight seconds. Right. So I never really listen to no. the podcast. They put no. me straight to sleep. Yeah. It's a crowded space though, isn't it? It is a crowded space, but you've got to be – just like in all things, you've got to be discerning. And I can recommend In Our Time, the BBC. Mm-hmm. He Melvin Bragg. He just gathers four of the world's leading experts on any particular subject you would imagine. I mean, it was Midsummer Night's Dream last week, but they might be talking about the planet Saturn. They might be talking about microbes. They just cross every spectrum, and it is always fascinating. So if I went to that podcast and typed in the search box Saturn... Saturn, or In Our Time would be better. Yeah, but once I'm there, would yeah. they have a search box on their page on the, uh, uh, which would lead me to the planet Saturn? I'm a bit of a fan of the planet Saturn. Yeah. Why would I land there either way, soft or hard, quite oh, happily? Yes, you'd have to get through all the rings. Mm. Well, certainly, um, I know you're speaking now uh, metaphorically, mm. but if you wanted to, you can... All the podcasts that have ever been on In Our Time are available. Right. If you subscribe, each week a fresh one turns up on your iPad, but you can certainly go back and through the backlog. We could listen to ourselves on Podcasts One, for that matter. Yeah, that'd be thrilling. Yeah. 
Right, John. Well, that was I like the business about hard and soft landings. Yes, it's just you know the continuing tale of uh... Un, not unlike bullshit. I've had some hard landings myself, of course. In what way? Well, you know, crashed. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. Yes. All right. Well, maybe this will cheer you up. I've got here my media player, and it's all over the shop, and I'm just dialing up. What about a bit of Joan Baez? Do you like Joan? Oh, yeah, I don't mind Joan. She yeah. always reminds me of Bob. But Well, yeah. unfortunately, they did have a bit of a fling, and, of course, mm. they were heavily involved, and she sang many of her songs, one of which is about to be played. She walked away from Bob a bit bewildered, I think. She did, and mm. she wasn't a great fan after a while. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think... a. Upon first meeting him, she remarked to a friend, how could such a beautiful song song come out of such a toad? <laughs> I think that's a true quote. Yeah. But then later on, they became firm friends and lovers. Mm. But Joan Baez is a constant surprise. She's a, a fantastic talent. Always just, I've always just thought she was beautiful and sang like an mm. angel. But I, I haven't been a big fan of her sense of discernment, I guess you'd call it, because she was at one stage married to Steve Jobs. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, Steve Jobs, what a maniac. He wouldn't yeah. sit down for two minutes, would well, he? she might have been married to him, but that doesn't mean she spent any time with him. Yeah, well, let's hope she was busy enough to avoid the uh, Jobs zeal. All right, well, let's uh, stop crapping on and listen to the beautiful, angelic Joan Baez. Would you like the ladies to swing their bras for you, John? I didn't mind that song. You told me I'd like it, and I did quite like it. Ladies, it has a kind of je ne sais quoi, doesn't it? It has. And do you think your your life would be different if you had a cool-sounding name like Jimmy Ricard? Yes. Johnny Baird, not good enough for you, <laughs> eh? You've done all right. Yeah. Now, you may not be aware, but we're introducing a new segment this week. Mm-hmm. I'll just play the sting. Now, here is the quiz. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's not a sting. That's you holding your nose and talking into the microphone. Well, it's, one, but... it stung a bit. <laughs> it hurt. I've got a... Uh, oh, yeah. the, right, the sting. Yeah. yeah, what the Germans call a Reiserhorn, <laughs> which I think is like a pimple on your nose. Right. Something... No, Reinerhorn. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So rhinoceros comes right. into there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, as in... And also, that's yeah. the Latin root, of course, for... Yeah, so, yes. As, uh, uh, what was his name, Jerry Seinfeld pointed out, that as if it's not enough for people to have to have an operation to fix a bad nose, mm-hmm. they have to call it rhinoplasty. Yeah, know, it's such with a, a... With a reference to the rhinoceros. That's right. Well, they could call it proboscidectomy. Okay. Yeah, proboscidectomy, mm. which is even worse. Sounds like you're having a piece of your ass removed. So, ex- what oh, is this oh, new segment? Sec- I'll play the sting again. It's time for the actors. <laughs> okay. In a, oh, what is it? You've got to say it more cultured. It's time now for the art quiz. Right. Wait a sec. I'm just arcing up the old joke. And I'm the one being quizzed, presumably. Yeah. Right. You ready? Yeah. <coughs> Well, we're starting at level one, so you should be fine, John. So okay. just you can just stop patting your forehead with your monogrammed handkerchief <laughs> and chill down. Dude, cool your boots. You ready? Yeah. Which of these painters are often associated with this art movement? Cubism. Mm-hmm. Is it Picasso, Braque, Gris? Is it Constable Blake, 
Davi? Is it Ernst, Carlo, Masson or de Chirico? Or is it Pollock, Rothko or Newman? Well, that would be Braque, Picasso and Gris. Yeah, that gang. Yeah. Um, who started? Was it Bra- I think it was Braque, wasn't it? Uh, well, they've always um, suggested that they started hand in hand, like mountaineers climbing together. Yeah, you know? yeah but, that's handy. Uh, that was Picasso saying that. I thought, in, I think, in fact, Braque said it, and Picasso wanted to uh, be part of the beginning rather than someone who joined it. It often happens. Uh, someone discovers something, and then someone with more talent appropriates yeah. it. So it started. So with they the, didn't get on very well because Picasso was such a kind of asshole. Such an asshole. Yeah. Just like the Jonathan Richmond song. Yeah, asshole. You know that one? No. Yeah, he's got this fantastic song. Nobody ever called Pablo Picasso oh, an yeah. asshole. Yeah. Anyway, carry on because I'm sure they did. But Braque was very jealous of Picasso's success. Wouldn't you and, be? Um, he was also very fond of the colour green, as it turns out, and the yeah. jealousy thing and the green thing have been put together by some people, you know. I tell you what, I'm loving this quiz segment because out of one question, we've just got some pure dripping gold. I can smell the turpentine from here. You can imagine what colour gris was very fond of, can't you? Gris. Well, uh, gris is a uh, penny gris. Um, Grey. Oh, that's right. The, yeah, le chat gris, the mm. grey cat. Yep. Mm. What really? Yeah. Hmm. He wasn't afraid of grey. No. No, I did have a question. It's completely evaporated. Oh, but still, he he did all right in his own time, money wise, didn't he, Brock? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And in many ways, he was a much better cubist painting than yeah. painter than Picasso yeah. ever was. You yeah, know, that Pablo. Uh, his paintings were a lot more considered, whereas Picasso uh, tended to be right. Well, that one's finished. Let's yeah. get on with the next one. Well, he was, he was, he did do some incredible work mm. and he had a, a terrific amount of arrogance. I'm sure that contributed mm. to that attitude. All right, John, we've got to move along. I feel a little bit like. Um, I saw a photograph of Picasso when he was uh, 92 years old, just before he died. Yeah. And he was standing out the, on the front steps of his chateau mm. in a pair of white front underpants. Fantastic. Smoking a cigarette and he had this big, huge dog by the throat. I thought you were going to say he had this big, huge dong. Because <laughs> yeah. well, he, he famously but, said, uh, drink to me, drink to my health, because I know I can't drink anymore when he got old. Right. Yeah, carry on. What, what was the... Like, it was like an Afghan hound or something, right. a hound dog, and he, yeah. had a, he had a kind of a scarf around its neck twisted so that he had it by the neck. And was uh, had it under control, you know. Well, as a 92-year-old man, if one of those yanked you down, you'd just smash to smithereens. Yeah. You'd have a hard landing. He looked pretty healthy to me, actually. <clears throat> yeah, well, he had a good life, man. He mm. got out of... He escaped any sort of bullets or bombs and all that, just kind of skulked away yeah. to Paris. Yeah, mm. Accidentally got a... Did he get a Nobel Peace Prize Probably. or something? Probably, yeah. Yeah, because of all those doves. He named his daughter Paloma, which is dove. Right. Uh, you can't go wrong. <laughs> John, we're moving on. But okay, that's, right. I love all that stuff, and I'm sure our listeners just love milking your mind. In yeah. fact, we may call this show Milking Your Mind. <laughs> right. yeah, we'll put yeah. the little udder grabbers on you, mm. on your ears. Okay, these are pretty easy questions, but mm. the, the, the unpacking of the names is what I'm loving. All right. Which of these painters are often associated with this art movement, post-impressionism? Mm. Is it Michelangelo, Raphael, Da Vinci? Is it Delacroix, 
Goya or Turner? Is it uh, Klimt Mucker or Steinlin? Or is it Syrah, Lautrec or Rousseau? Well, I and would have, Rousseau, sorry. I would have thought Rousseau and Lautrec and um, the Syrah. And number three, Surat. Surat. Um, but there were also in there uh, the Klimt kind yeah. of group. Yeah, and who's Mucha? I've never heard of Mucha. Is it Munch? Mucha? No, it's not Munk. I reckon they've got it wrong. It'd right. have to be Munk with the... Uh, no, no, there is a Mucha. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, like um, Russian-German kind of expressionist. Right. Two out of two, by the way, John. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Munk, he was a funny one, wasn't he? Oh, God. I mean, not... You know, that scream image that yes. he made... Yes. Not, not enough to make it once. He I made know. about seven of them. I know. Yeah. Hey, we're cutting a little... We might, we'll go on until we cut into your John on time. Okay. Because I don't yeah. want to waste a good story. But this mm. is... I find this fascinating. Yeah, Munk, very Northern European angst isn't it oh yeah it, it's the weather i reckon yeah is it all that durst and storm stuff or whatever it is right you know about that movement uh no i don't no, know i think What's, it might have been a bit later it, i can't i forget, look i'm the world's it, been keeping that one storm no i'm I- ignorant it's like it means thunder and rain or something right. and it, it betokes that dark northern yeah german European. expressionism yeah. can be very very dark mm. but they went through a couple of world wars and were on well, the they started a couple of world wars let's be honest the John. losing end of two of them you know yeah. well the people didn't start them the people suffered them yeah germany started them well that's right all wars are like that they're always started by a few prize assholes but yeah. the kaiser interestingly because i've read the guns of august by yeah. tuchman mm. which just so happened to be jfk's favorite book as well and the portrait of the kaiser this inadequate i think he had a gammy leg as well this inadequate overweening pain in the ass was he a nephew of queen victoria yes he was and he was he felt left out he had like a king-size case of what is it molo or folo folo fomo right and that's what started the first world war i kid you not ship he did Read Tuchman and you'll know that um, an entire war and a flower of a generation was just wiped out because of one man's vanity. Right. Mm. Anyway, we move on to fauvism. Oh, yes. Yeah, they've always yeah. confused me a bit. Yeah. I know it's a bit dutchy land up there, yeah. but we'll, let's see if we can look. Oh, hello. <laughs> the computer screen just went. Well, well I would say Matisse will oh, be no. amongst the... Yeah, know, but I'm, yes, I can see uh, might might look a bit like Matisse. He's a key Falvis. These are your choices, Mr. Baird. Mm. You're not that Van Doren guy that uh, cheated, are you? On the no. Quiz? No, okay. Okay, Fauvism. Delacroix, yeah. Goya, Turner. No. Ernst, Carlo, Masson or de Chirico. Mm. Mondrian. Van Duisburg or Van de Luc or Matisse, Durand and uh, Vlaminck? Well, Vlaminck, Matisse and Durand, definitely. Oh, he's, he's calling it definite. Yeah, right, that is absolutely. Three out of three, John. You are, yeah. you are top in. I think purple shadows, the Falvis. That's what, I mean, have you ever seen a purple shadow? Yeah, in certain light, of course. If you paint shadows, they're never just black. No, 
But uh, Matisse was very good at the purple shadow, but he used to wear those glasses where one lens was yellow and the other was green, you know. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. and there was also that theory that uh, Van Gogh suffered from some neurological malady that caused him to see everything was tinged with yellow. Right. Yeah, but how can they prove that crap? Well, just look at his paintings, I suppose. Yeah, a bit of reverse engineering there, John. I might ask you one more question okay. because the old clock on the wall is saying tick tock, tick tock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we're on to Dada or da- and, oh, yes. and Dadaism. Yes. Yeah, I like a bit of Dada. Yeah. Okay, Deschamp, Ernst Hock. Yeah. Pollock, Rothko, Newman. Pizarro, Manet, Lautrec. Botticelli, Masaccio or Mantegna. Well, Ernst. It's got to be those dudes. And um, Deschamp. Deschamp, Ernst and Hock. Hock. Yeah, got to yeah. be. I I'm surprised they didn't mention um, the guy that started it all. Um, what was his name? The poet. Yeah. Oh, I can see his grinning, handsome face. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I can't remember the name of the poet either, but I rarely can re- remember the name of the poet. Well, that's four out of four, John. But I think we've opened up an exciting new art yeah. segment. Well, I'm going to have to start studying now yeah, take, before next week take when a we squ- go to level two. Take a, yeah, it was pretty easy stuff. <laughs> I knew all the answers there. Take a squiz at the quiz. I think we'll give it a name, we'll give it a sting, and we're off, man. Right. Mark would be very good at this. I know. That's yeah. why, you know... He's got a good art brain, Mark. Yeah, he, when I heard, he rarely gets it out. When but, I heard we were losing our interviewee, right. I scrambled around for an idea and I thought it would appeal to you guys because it just comes pouring out. A lifetime of knowledge and devotion to art. Mm. Is that John on the sting handy? It's, it's handy. And stand by, would you? And now it's time for John and Paul. Ta-da. That's pretty uh, dynamic, isn't it? I lived in East Melbourne for a while, Swan. Me too. Yeah, I had one of those little uh, bedsit. Stop it! Flats, Me too. Hotham you know, Street. Where, where they that they were built, I think, for nurses and doctors yeah. and stuff, and uh, who no longer inhabited them. Single ladies. Where, whereabouts yeah. were you in? Uh, there was a cream brick building up on the corner of Hoddle Street and um, yeah, I know. Alexander. All right. Yep. Whatever it is. Yeah, no, it's... um. Yeah. yeah. God, our memory fades. Because yeah. we're on the peninsula now. But right on the corner there. And uh, bedsitter being, you know, one room with a small kitchen and a small bathroom. Yep. I had exactly and the same thing. Beautiful old cooker in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Mm, me too. And I was in the habit of um, leaving there mm-hmm. you know, of an evening and going down to the Le Monde Bar in Burke Street. I know it well. Yeah. Vaz and Georgette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that were their names. Really? Yeah. Yep. And uh, in there you could smoke cigarettes and drink wine and gas bag, mm-hmm. which is what I did. Spaghetti carbonara? And I, I didn't eat there, actually. I oh. used to go down the road to Pellegrini's to eat, but right. I'd have a glass of wine at Le Monde. Yeah, Vaz was in the war. I, I hate to interrupt, but he mm. told us. He, he said it was so cold because he was press-ganged into the German army. Of course, he was right. Italian. And he said they had to snap the fingers of the dead soldiers to release the rifles from their hands oh. because they'd run out of ammo. They had to keep right. scrabbling around for rifles. Right. Hellish. Such a lovely man. His f- wife was French. Right. Josette. Doesn't anyway. Get, doesn't get that cold here. No. Um. 
I was in there one night and wandering back to my bed sit and yeah. uh, across the gardens and into East Melbourne and I heard the fire engines and uh, now listen I just want to make a disclaimer here you All know right. the attentive listener will know that I'm often talking about things burning down. Absolutely. I want to point out that I have nothing to do with any of the ignition of these things. No pyromania. I, no pyromania. It's Spontaneous a, combustion. My life has been full of things burning in front of me. Or people at a party. Yes. Spontaneously combusting. Indeed. Yes. yes. Um, You're not the only one with a memory like an elephant, John. <laughs> I walked across the park and uh, into East Melbourne, fire engines, I could hear them and I could see this kind of throbbing glow mm. in the distance, oh, you know, no. the, the red glow. And my first thought was, oh, there goes the apartment building I live in, you know, it's up in flames. So I quickened my pace, mm. headed across East Melbourne, got to a corner and there before me was the church in flames. And the church was burning down. Is that the Catholic Church? I don't know what denomination it was because yeah. it was already in flames. I didn't bother to find out <laughs> <laughs> who owned it. No. Um, but interestingly, there were quite there was quite a few people there watching. You wouldn't burn a church down just so you could watch it burn. Absolutely, down. that's mainly why firebugs do it. But. Given that it was already burning down, it wasn't a bad thing to watch. Oh, it beautiful. Was, you know. Oh, it's natural for human beings to stand and yeah. stare. And there are a lot of painters there, you know, just out of the blue. They just happened to be there. You know, Mark Shallow was there and John yep. Catapan and yep. a few other characters. Your mate, Victor. Yeah, Vic. He was yeah. there, living around the corner at the I, time, I understand. I didn't like Catapan, bloody snob. Fair enough. Yeah, carry on. Um... Victor actually went home, came back with a box of beer, which he was selling at twice what he'd paid for it. <laughs> it was very... Fantastic. Yeah. What era are we talking about, the 80s? Well, yeah, it must have been the 80s. Yeah. I was trying to figure that out. I'm, I'm not sure when it mm. burned down. But while I was there looking at the fire and having a beer that Victor had provided... Yeah. Um, and the stained glass front of the building kind of collapsed inwards into the fire with the help i have to say with a bit of water from the fire mm. hoses they they blasted sort of, it. they blasted it and blew it in yeah. i think they didn't want it to fall out yeah two thousand um, years of christian history yeah and about 80 years of australian craftsmanship and oppression <laughs> yeah i think i know the church but down yeah. the road I, I think i seem to think i remember it burning, burning down. down yeah you might have been there yeah, I would have been with Vic. Yeah. So I wasn't there. Right. Mm. Down the road from me a little was a man standing there with his head in his hands and he was dressed oddly in a um, pair of striped bib and brace overalls and a little Casey Jones hat, you know. Oh, so the Lee stripey overalls. Yeah, and yeah. a Casey Jones hat. Yeah. Tubby little man. Yeah, Casey Jones. Weeping. Oh. And uh, I learnt later that, in fact, this was a man who had a large model railway in the basement of the church and uh, which had started the fire. And the model railway was based on the City of London. There was a model of the City of London under the church. And I couldn't help thinking maybe that fire started in the little pudding lane. Yeah, the little little pudding lane of his little model. Oh, the poor man. Yeah, he was devastated. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't grow up. Mm. Yeah, Rod Stewart was a big one for model trains. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of his wives left him because he was always retiring to the attic to play with his trains. Well, I think this might have been a matter of him having made models of London iconery because... If iconery? You a, if, you Not a, a, if you had a model train set yeah, um, and you had London in mm. order to run it, all the trains are underground in London. But, well, that was my immediate thought, but yeah. if you went back far enough, you'd have the flying Scotsman and all that crap, oh, wouldn't yeah. you? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that is in fact where the fire started. In, yeah, in the, the transfirm former. He apparently mm. had the uh, the floor of the well, the ceiling of the basement had been painted uh, in a night sky. It was painted oh, dark blue with stars. Beautiful. Yeah. So there was the fire of London underneath the church, with the uh, unfortunately the sky caught on fire, and uh, well, yeah. the rest of the universe went. Star cloths, they call them. That, mm. That's a lovely little story. I reckon yeah. it definitely did. A bit of resistance from the transformer in the track yeah. right there in Pudding Lane. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Rupert fried a star cloth. They're very expensive. Right. Big stage show we did. Oh, okay. It was on a light and it cooked. Right. And for the rest of the time he was here in Australia, he moved back to London, right. the Australian Opera would ring him up regularly asking him when he was going to pay for this star cloth. A friend of mine and myself uh, nicked a big roll of canvas out the back of a theatre yeah. where they'd foolishly left the door open mm-hmm. and uh, unrolled it in his studio and it was a, uh, a large backdrop for a stage with a merry-go-round set of merry-go-round horses painted on it. Yeah, like Mary Poppins or something. And I hung it up in my studio and the man who made it walked into the studio one day and said, I painted that. Yeah, they're worth a lot of money now, all that old carny backdrop stuff. Right. Yeah, tens of thousands of dollars. And some people are more famous than others as, as being carny artists. Those people, yeah. Yeah. Mm. We should do a program on carny artists, or perhaps not. Yeah, well, look, clearly we've got no shortage of material. <laughs> not now that I've discovered the art quiz. Look, I probably should just do a little bit of work here, John. Okay. That was, a fant- as usual, another fantastic story. Gee, that came in with a thump, didn't it? It did. Yeah, I'm still perfecting the old uh, slider bar. Look, you've been listening to Arts About, believe it or not. It was a little bit of the John and Pete tell a story about art things show rather than Arts About. There is a lot of news, but we don't have a lot of time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thanks to some fantastic anecdotes. And I'd rather listen to anecdotes than listen to news. Yeah. Although I would have loved to have promoted Gidja Walker's gig, but I, I don't have any of the information. She's having an art show in her house. Just look up Gidja Walker. I'm yeah. sure it's there somewhere. I'll, I'll, it's a, you yeah, know, the internet will help you. Do that. So, because what a great idea! Just bring people along to your house and sell them paintings Dick, off I, your wall. I went to the last one. It was a great event. Fantastic. So, mm. what I might do is turn the music down mm. and. Um, Urge everyone to look up Gidja Walker on the internet and find out when this gig is. All right, there's a repeat on Wednesday at 12. Once again, I've clipped the end, but I'll get this right sometime. See you later, everybody. See ya. See ya, John. Thanks a lot.